Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guests this week are Pinch Me, Dames of Brilliant Broadcasting, the Anton Deck of Midlife Female Conversation, brilliantly described as too old to be hip, too young to need a new one. They became friends in the 90s when they were presenters on Radio 5 Live and cooked up, fortunately, their award-winning podcast in 2013 after hosting the radio festival together. But it took the BBC four long years to commission the show and since its launch in 2017, it has elicited more than 30 million downloads, sell-out live shows and a best-selling book. Frankly, it's huge. But now they're walking away from it all and over 60 collective years of shared service at the BBC, both on Five Live and Radio 4, where they've individually steered huge shows like Breakfast Drive, Woman's Hour and The Listening Room to take over the afternoon slot together at Times Radio, where you'll find them Monday to Thursday from 3 to 5pm with a brand new podcast that will be dropping every day, Monday to Thursday. And it's easy to see why the Times are so keen to poach them from their footholds in the hills of the BBC, as at home grilling MPs and covering breaking news, as they did live on air, as the planes struck the Twin Towers on 9-11, as they are oversharing about their menstrual cycles, HRT patches, and bestowing the virtues of Taylor Swift. There's seemingly no rabbit hole of conversation they won't go down, as is well documented in their best-selling book, Did We Say That Out Loud? A collection of essays written in tandem that drills into the chuff of life. So I can't wait to see what holes we're going to fall down today. Please welcome, in person, I can't believe they're here, it's Jane Garvey 
and Feed Lover. Oh, okay. God, do you know what? I'm going to play that on a loop every night just to make myself it. feel good. It was good, wasn't it? The Thank Anchor Deck of Midlife Female yeah. Conversation. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Yeah. I can hear that as a new tagline on Times Radio, sort of spoken by some sort of, you know, bellowing male voiceover. Probably. You'll need a bloke with authority to deliver the line. Of course, otherwise no one's going to listen, are they? This is the problem, Kate. <laughs> We've come up against it for decades. Yeah. Congratulations. This is a huge move. I mean, over 50 collective shared years of service I think it's BBC. over 60 isn't is it? it 60 well I think it is because you you've done 30 34 four. no oh, I have. and I've done 30 so it's yeah. 64 years 64 yep. years yep. yep you can retire yeah we've got rusty lanyards Kate <laughs> is that a euphemism WD-40 should have worn them today actually shouldn't we no more so, so talk me through how a resignation like this plays out, because this is huge, right? You are like a sparkling jewel in the crown of the BBC. 30 million downloads. I don't know many BBC podcasts that can even say that they've come close to that. I don't think they can. Um, but it's interesting. I, I wouldn't say we did feel entirely celebrated by the BBC, which isn't to say that we're not grateful to them for any number of opportunities that we have had over the years. But, I mean, it is only an employer at the end of the day, like sure. all the other employers. Uh, um, and we perhaps we do feel that maybe they could have gone a bit further with us. What would you say about that? Just been a bit, a bit more loving and attentive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. if if we surprised ourselves in the success of Fortunately, um, which we are enormously grateful for, I think we surprised the BBC in the success of Fortunately, and I don't think it would be speaking out of. Uh, line to say that maybe they simply didn't know what to do with two middle-aged women who've uh, you know both done quite a few things at the BBC already and and Times Radio came along I love Times Radio and I've listened to it it's it's hooked me in I'm really properly addicted to it now they, do, they have some great broadcasters there. Steve yes. Abel's great, Mariella Frostrup. John Pienaar, Carol Absolutely. Walker, Aisha Hazarika. You know, it's a really, so really... So Matt yeah. Chorley. Matt Chorley, God, yes. he's good. So they, they're doing something that I think Jane and I are just very familiar with. It's news, but it makes you laugh. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but you also know that you're not going to miss anything yeah. big. Uh, so I think it just... It was a very, very attractive... Does it feel like Radio 4 with a sense of humour? Kind of. It makes me think of the the glory years of Five Live yeah. uh, when we first started there, really. Maybe I'm just being nostalgic, but um, we're, we're not kidding ourselves. We're not in our 30s anymore. So we do look at life in a different way and life comes at you in a different way when you get to, to our stage of life. Um, but I'm really looking forward to doing the thing that is counterintuitive in some ways because podcasts are massive and I love podcasts. But for me, my big love was always live radio and the appeal of being able to go back to that with the with the real risk involved because mm. you know you can massively make a tit of yourself i don't think you realize that until you step away from no, from, from live radio and then then you go and we were just talking like you know before we came on on air yeah. and i said ladies how do you feel sometimes when you have this i mean I, I i get the fear now with menopause fog that i can literally forget what i'm saying whilst i'm saying it yeah. yes and that and must be terrifying in a life well, there are two of us so one of us will make up for the other ones <laughs> and, and actually that <laughs> is a hope. that is a massive massive appeal yeah. of doing it because if i'm going to be brutally honest i would feel exactly as you do a little bit exposed doing a program on my own at the moment because but not those things else. do happen but jane and i you know, back each other up whilst also bearing the hatchet in each other's backs. We've got the scars <laughs> to prove occasionally. It. But we are there for each other. And do you know what? Times Radio has already been 
so enthusiastic about what we'd like to do in the programme. There's an enormous feeling of support and I defy any woman of our age not to have recognised the value of support. I don't think you do when you're very young. You've got this huge... You've got that self-belief, haven't Self-belief, this barrel of ambition to tap into. But so, an employer who comes along and says... Do things your way, we'll try and make it happen, and if it doesn't work, we'll change direction. But also, yes, we are happy for you both, you know, to ramble on a bit in conversation, see where it goes and stuff. It's a really lovely thing. It's a really, really lovely thing. So It's a bit like the like sort of professional Shirley Valentine scenario, isn't it? Somebody's come along and yes. turned your head yes. on holiday. You've Very got a bit of a so. tan and everything looks yeah. a bit fabulous. A, Thank sli- you. a slightly <laughs> older gent in a yeah. jag. Has turned off outside my house. And if we could just get a giant pepper pot on the table, we're there in the trattoria at the end of the rocks. And I will throw in your rusty lanyard out of the window as you go. Yes. That's spot on. You've got it. So tell me, how does it feel when you're chatted up to make a move like this? Did you see it coming? And did it turn your head a la Shirley Valentine? Um, Oh, God. I suppose. Uh, you know, it, as you know, in in the media, you do occasionally get approached by people who say, oh, we think you two... So the two of us have been... We've done these live shows together over the last couple of years, mm. which we would never have dreamt of doing those, would we? No. And the BBC didn't suggest them, and that's a kind of another slight... It's not an axe we're grinding, but, you know, it sticks in my throat a bit that it took another organisation to spot the fact that we could do these live shows together for them to happen. Yeah. Sorry, I haven't answered your question. No, no, uh, no. The, this is the joy of Jane. Yeah, I just witter. I just, I'm like a politician, essentially. I say what I want to say, regardless of You're what I've You're just running the ask. clock down, aren't you? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but no, we, it is hugely flattering. And of course, it does give your... You think, OK, maybe actually this time of life tends to be associated with indecision and panic, certainly for me, and insecurity as well. So to have someone come along and say, you know, you two, you're actually rather good and we think we could do something with you, it's, it does give you a massive boost, doesn't it? And I want other women of our age, my age, to be encouraged by that. Very much so. And also, Jane and I have both taken in the past jobs that have suited our domestic limitations. Yeah, yeah you've, so, you've both made career choices based on the realities and practicalities of, of life family as a life. parent. Yes. yes. As have I, actually. Yeah. I feel like I'm coming into my, my second spring now. But isn't yeah. that lovely? And actually... Um, I I would always have wanted when I was a younger mum to have been able to see more women in front of me who had been able to do that juggle. I hate it actually when people call it a juggle because a juggle implies that you catch the balls and I've spent most of the last <laughs> 17 years dropping them. But it would have been lovely to see that women can get back into the game if you take quite a bit of, not necessarily time out. I mean, I've I've always worked, you've always worked, mm. but we haven't, were well, you more so than me, uh, but I haven't been at the front line of broadcasting since my kids were tiny. So to be given an opportunity to go back in at a really lovely level, I really want to do justice to that, actually. I think because that needs so to important. change. You're so it right. really needs to because change. Because I, I actually have, though, I, I did exactly the same. I dialed it right back. I All of my yeses and nos were made around what worked for, for me as a, as a parent as a single parent as well. And now I, I am dialing it back up again. And I do think it's really important for people to see that it is possible. It's not the end. And we need some reassurance that you can do that. Yeah. And also, I think we need reassurance, not just for us, uh, you know, in order to 
fulfill our own ambitions, feel valued in the workplace, pay the bills, which is an enormous part of why anybody's going to work in the first place. You know, it's not some kind of vanity project. And I think often women can have that thrown at them. But it's about looking after a family, isn't it? It really is about children. Yeah. And, but know, they, it feels not... really unfeminist to say that, though, doesn't it? But I wanted to be present it's in not, the also that. Yeah, it's no, not unfeminist. I, we both yeah. get that completely. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't regret the time I made myself available to my kids. No, me neither. I'm glad I did. And I encourage anybody that feels that they want to do the same to do the same. And if you don't, no problem. That's I get none, that too. None of our business, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, does, it does feel slightly... Um, a, a, a slightly outdated view, doesn't it? That well... Gosh, it shouldn't, should it? I mean, I know myself as well that um, I was a better parent precisely because I did do some work. Exactly. I, I was much more patient. I was much more able to play in the pop-up post office on the days I wasn't working because I knew that the next day I would be working. Um, when I was at Woman's Hour, I only ever worked a three-day week. Yeah. And it could mean, honestly... I mean, I had days where I would interview the Prime Minister in the morning, OK, only two or three of those days, and then be a pick-up at Hoppers 3. Yeah. And, the, you know, the kid comes out of school, they're sweating or they've, you know, somebody in the class has wet their pants and uh, <laughs> they had chips for lunch and they um, they got too wrong in their spelling test. And you're, so, you're suddenly back in their world and that is all that matters. And what the hell you've done at work during that morning, no one gives a toss, to be perfectly honest. But no, and, that's, and that's it's brilliant. as it should be. <laughs> Absolutely as it should be. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, once you leave here today, you're going to go and do the pilot of your first show so by the time this podcast goes out you'll be up and running but as yet you're not how is it when you sit down with a blank piece of paper and somebody says basically as they have at the, from the times you do you well we've really enjoyed that we've got a very um enthusiastic dedicated and clearly very talented producer rosie uh, and we sat in a room with her, didn't we, with literally the blank sheets of paper in front so of she us. She did have some ideas. She, she had very good ideas. <laughs> ours, ours were the blank she sheets done of some paper. Work. She's only in her 30s. She's <laughs> a very, very energising young woman, isn't she? But we did, because we, we do have things that we really want to pursue. And I think one of the reasons why Times Radio have asked us to do that show, it's three till five, it's a time of day where it's not set in stone what you have in your running order. It's not solid news no. at that time of day and it shouldn't be totally, uh, they're women, so they might do some recipes. It's not <laughs> although, that kind Although of we break. might. Although we might. Okay, every now and again, because, because why not? Because women and men all eat. Yes, <laughs> it's still all irrelevant. like food. We do it like three times a day. It's quite relevant. Yeah. But we do want to do things that interest us. Both yeah. of us are interested by tech and by we come from a generation that that hasn't you know we're not digital natives are we Kate I think we can quite no. safely say that no. uh, but we are interested by witnessing what the digital natives do and how our children behave around tech so it's you know a revolution we that we're living that. through and nobody kind of gets excited enough about it what technology has done in our our work lives yeah. is transformative let alone you know the way that we consume entertainment media the way we connect as human beings is massive yeah i mean i'll never forget the first time my mother communicated via emoji <laughs> no she does a lot of smiling faces she's very interested in the weather so i always get the weather from her area you know with the, <laughs> the umbrella or sunshine or whatever it is i mean she's 88 and this is a woman who you know she was born in 1934 and now you and in conversation with her 
grandchildren will use emojis. Yeah. I mean, you're right. We have just lived through an astonishing period of time. But quite often, I think our generation can feel like the escalator's going quite fast mm. and the handrail's not going at the same yeah. speed. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. By the time you get to the top of the escalator, you're not entirely sure that you're still standing. <laughs> so I think we want to explore that kind of And the risks friction. that are out there as well. Enormous. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. online but I think harm bill that's just going through Parliament's to, important. They, they want to be informed about it. They're, they use this technology. It's, everybody has to use it. It's amazing what technology can, can do. do. Yeah. But it doesn't matter how old we are, we've got to... We've got to hold its hand to some degree, haven't we? Definitely. So you miss out on so much if you don't. Yeah. Now, listen, before you put Fortunately to bed, I mean, 30 million downloads, that is extraordinary. Um, I wanted to dive in and do kind of um, a farewell to Fortunately with our first question for you. So you've done over 250 episodes of Fortunately where... I mean, fundamentally, you are talking about yourselves. And I think, Fee, it was you that said you're sick of being the subject of the conversation. You want to go back to being journalists again, to talking about stories rather than yourselves. So before we retire you from, from oh. being the subject of your own conversations, Uh-oh. Um, I want to revisit some of the, the best moments from your 250 episodes fortunately so i wanted to start with some of your best moments of oversharing and what you would consider them to be so we did have a conversation didn't we so about well it was about smear tests and you know which is very important it's important to talk about it and then it got on to just having i don't know you know pelvic scans anyway i've been for a scan the week before and the young very young radiologist was happily going along with her gel and her probe and she just said she said oh look you've just ovulated I was, <laughs> I was 49 I was, uh, just high so, five I mean, let's just let that out there again oh my god I could chest bump you right now <laughs> just astonishing but I was so shaken by it shaken but no but no really was because you start <laughs> when you start thinking <laughs> should have gone home for a romp. <laughs> were, you, were you flaunting your ovulation? Yes, flaunting your I egg. Vote, do you know what? And, and then I took to Twitter. What does that mean? Twitter, yes. you have t- taken to Twitter. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was shaken by it because in my head, there's something quite profound happens when you go through the menopause and you realise that that part of your life has, has, you know, you've moved on from it. And I'd, all, I'd readily embrace that as well. It's kind of like, right, you know, I don't have to think about... Uh, you know, feeling fertile anymore or any of those kind of thoughts. I hadn't thought about them for years. So it was just so strange to be told that I could actually, at that time in my life, uh, have have had another child. But why I decided to tell millions of people that, I honestly don't know. I was glad you did. I remember where I was when you told me that. I was in the piazza at BBC Broadcasting House (laughs) on a beautiful morning and I think Annika Rice had just joined us. (laughs) Uh, from memory. Um, Did you challenge her to see if she could match her ovulation? Well, neither I nor Annika could get anywhere close to Fee's astonishing ovulatory (laughs) triumph. Um, I mean, I I feel like you're about to become a real-life story in Bella or Best magazine. (laughs) Oh, something like that. On the cover. Something like that. Yeah. She's still got it. My miracle babby. (laughs) 
I hope she'd have triplets as well. That would be brilliant. Well, <laughs> it might have got us onto Lorraine. We've wanted to go on Lorraine for years. Did she? It would have to be something like that. She's strangely resistant to mm. our charm. Is she really? It would seem so, Kate. But, I mean, I'm sure you've got influence. Let's I've see. Definitely. Let me talk to Lorraine. I'll get back to oh, you. Oh, that's right. brilliant. Thank You're you absolutely much. her kind of women. Mm. So, that, I mean, as oversharing goes, yeah, that's, that's quite up there. Yes. Uh, and uh, if I had my time again, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, what I love is that it's, it's the sort of stuff you go, well, I won't say it on the radio, but what I'll do, I'll say it on a podcast yeah. so it's preserved forever. <laughs> yes, that is actually... That's and can be easily shared. There's nothing Just intelligent about that process <laughs> no, of thought. I'm aware oh. of that Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> aware of it now. I don't think I've thought enough about what I'm going to share on the podcast before I turn up on which the podcast. Which just blows my mind as a listener because I think, you're a professional. You know, you know, but I love the fact that you just let it fly. Yes. I mean, you're absolutely right. Now you said that about, you know, committing it to posterity. Uh, I may not say anything during the rest of this interview. <laughs> 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 Entirely silent. But, but you know what? It's those conversations that have... That's why you're sat there with 30 million downloads, because it's a real conversation. Yes, yeah. no, I know. And, and actually ovulating at the age of 49 ain't the worst of, I mean, you know, I'm the not being funny. Life, if I'd so have ovulated at 49, as I am now, 49, I'd probably start a WhatsApp group for that. Would, Would you? you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about um, you, Jane? When have you overshared? I was just trying to think, actually. I don't think, I mean, I, what would you, Fee might be better at remembering some of my horrible oversharing moments. I think I make it very clear that I lead a spectacularly dull life with which I'm probably a bit too happy. Uh, so, you know, I'm single. I'm hopelessly, relentlessly single. I live with a really awful rescue cat and one child permanently and the other one backwards and forwards to uni. And we're a sort of slightly strange but curiously functional unit of do slightly do-lally females. But um, I think, so I don't, I mean, that the authenticity thing is always the, the word they attach to successful podcasts. And I think that's, I mean, it's not just the sharing and oversharing. It's the fact that we don't, we we aren't just self-deprecating, although I think we are. We also are just relatively, I mean, on, we're honest. Yeah, really we do. Honest. We do not pretend to be anything that we're not. Yeah. Uh, you know, we make mistakes. We share them. And people have just, and not just women, people have bought into it. I mean, just before we met you today, we were stopped by a man who I would never in a million years have pointed to as a listener to Fortunately. I mean, how would you describe our new friend Clive? Our new friend Clive? Yeah. Well, we were having a coffee in the coffee shop over the road. Yeah. Uh, and I could see him. So he was sitting behind Jane and I could see him looking at us. Yeah. Uh, and he would, I mean, Clive, if you're listening, he probably listens to this one too. Uh, he it's looked a like nice a well-turned-out middle-aged businessman, you know, catching a quiet moment, probably to, you know, check up on some golf scores. Uh, before heading back into a senior management position, possibly in a double aspect office somewhere along High Ho Holborn. Yeah. I can never say that. High Holborn. Holborn, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, but he was in his, I'd say, mid-50s, and he said, he, he stopped us on the way out and said, I absolutely love your podcast. You know, I listen every week on a Saturday yeah. morning. And I, that's the strange appeal that I don't think, to be fair, I don't think the BBC un ever understood. No. Uh, and we were also occasionally listened to by younger people who found us just like a comforting babble that reminded them of their mums. Uni students. Uni students, yes. Lonely yeah. in their dorms. Yes. Don't want to tell their mates uh, that they're missing their mum, there. but it's I'm going to go rubbish. and pop yeah. an episode of Fortunately on yeah. it. Yeah. But can... also, do you know what? I think on that point, I love the fact that loads of younger women are listening because I think Jane and I grew up in a time where when we were at university, the women who were out there in front of us 
uh, because of what society was asking of them, had to have a real mask to wear in public. Yeah. You know, they just had to be super confident, uh, super sexy, super successful, never be vulnerable, never admit that you had emotions. Lest mm. we forget, Margaret Thatcher was the Prime Minister yeah, when and, we were at yeah. university. And never <laughs> I mean, ever you know, admit yeah. that you've got something oh. wrong. God forbid. Mm. So I... I hope that lots of younger women are listening to two women for whom it's not always turned out fantastically no. well. You know, we have real bumps in our road, as mm. everybody does, but we've been lucky enough, and it is luck, sometimes I think women overuse that word, but we've been lucky enough to get through them, haven't we? It's yeah. funny, isn't it? Because yeah. we are kind of conditioned, I think, uh, when, you started, when you start out in the media at the ages and stages that we did. And the idea that you would talk about yourself was, was just... Well, it just didn't exist when we started. We had to go and show this polished, professional yes. side of ourselves. And maybe it's social media that's kind of helped to open that up. But I think you're absolutely right. I found great comfort when I first discovered, fortunately, because I was huge fans of you both as broadcasters, to hear that you had bumps in the road, that you were single but happy. And I ish. felt... Well, yes, but yeah. ish, ish. Yeah, well, it's only ever ish, isn't it? But then, I, you know, I've been happy-ish when I haven't been single. Exactly. Oh, God. And listen, trust me, I can sit you down with a load of my girlfriends that are swiping all over the place on those apps. And it's exhausting. It's like having a job you don't get paid for to go on <laughs> crap dates and be made to feel idle. inferior about yeah. yourself by men who are clearly punching in the first place. Oh, God, you're not, you're, that's not helping me, Kate. Sorry. But you think that's true? I do. I know it's true. Well, it's not always true. I oh. think that there's a lot of men and uh, you know in their fifties that are on these dating apps. Oh, that, they think it's their God-given yeah. right to to, to, to kind of date 15 down years. fifteen yeah. years, and that that's okay. So what you get left with is literally the chuff. It's the fluff at the back of the drawer. <laughs> the problem is that if you if you work that kind of algorithm through, then if you're in your 50s, you have to hope that somebody's there at the age of 75 punching down <laughs> 15 years, but they can't work the tech, Kate. So they're not on the <laughs> That's why I'm missing okay. out. That's the problem. <laughs> there should be somebody you can contact to complain about that, surely. We can do this on the programme. We'll do this on we the radio. We'll do this on the yeah, programme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. dating okay, stories. Um, so you've never broadcast together live no. before, have no. you? So it's no. only ever on the podcast. I am right in saying that, aren't yes. I? Yes. Yeah, we've done interviews together. We've done live shows together. And frankly, I mean, Fee is absolutely brilliant at the live shows. I am much more nervous. Are you? Well, a radio doesn't worry me. But we did what we, we... We will not stop calling a residency at the Royal Festival Hall. <laughs> we did two uh, nights. We two did two nights. nights at the Royal Festival Hall. <laughs> but listen, the Royal Festival Hall! Take it! Yes, um, it's a residency. And it was during one of the lockdowns or one of the COVID-restricted periods, so um, only we could only fill half the venue. Is that what it was? So we only actually really did one night, but over two nights. But waiting in the wings to go on to the Royal... I was just thinking, how the hell has this happened what how have we got here but if we can do that we can easily do a live radio show together of course you can yeah, I, I think we can and i think we well we are doing so let's hope we can because we're doing it we are um, doing it I, I hope that we both of you do to. realize how brilliant you are and what a a trail you have blazed in the eyes of women like me that sit here and look at what you've done and and you know the moment i saw that you were making the move i was so excited for you because I also felt like, well, maybe there's a move like that around the corner for uh, me too. And there You're is. making it feel possible. It's yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, so we really mustn't cock it up, Kate. Don't. But do you know what? I bow to Jane's... <laughs> for God's sake, everyone's counting on you. ...greater kind of oh, confidence about the live uh, radio <laughs> programme because I haven't done a 
live radio programme for 13 years. So I will be distinctly more nervous about that than Jane, who only stopped doing Woman's Hour in, what, 1785? <laughs> No, you stopped Women's Hour, what, two uh, years gosh, ago? New Year's ago. Eve, twenty. yeah, during the pandemic, 2020. Yeah. yeah. And that was a bit of a rogue move because I think I was probably expected to stay there for the rest of my working life. I, I, and, I can um, imagine that people thought that you would. Well, because based on precedent, there was, there was um, yeah. that, you know, it was perfectly possible that I could have stayed there for another... Well, maybe things would have changed and they might have just gently shoved me to the door-marked exit, but I could have stayed there until I was 70, I guess. Well... Um, well, they should have been literally trying to grab you by the ankles, both of you, on the way out, because 30 million downloads in this day and age does not come... It doesn't think, come easy. I wonder whether maybe we... No, I was going to say we were the wrong sort of download. But honestly, our audience is... There were men involved. There were, there were women, yes, there were middle-aged women, but there were people all over the world listening. And mm. I guess they don't... The BBC doesn't really care whether... There's a woman who regularly emails in who's... I think she's a nurse in the... Arctic Circle or Antarctica. Yeah. They're probably two very different places. My geography isn't brilliant. Um, and she emails just quite regularly just to talk about her life. And you just think, oh, my God. It's amazing, this isn't This it? is a woman, not just with a proper job, but in an extraordinary part of the world. Yeah. And she's listening to me and Fee talking about, you know... Backward-facing cervix and yeah. centres <laughs> in museums. Some of our gynaecological issues. Yeah. Yeah. These amazing ovulation. <laughs> yeah, miracle ovulatory episodes. But do you know what the, so the listeners' <laughs> stories, I think one of the things that both of us are just enormously, enormously proud of is just creating the kind of podcast where people can email us about something that they have maybe felt in the past other podcasts and programmes might consider to be irrelevant. And that's... In, you know, that is actually important. Yeah. We've that, had that, such a laugh reading that, you're, people's You're so emails. right, yeah. because it's, you've, what you've done is you've, you've changed the dance, the choreography and the pace of conversation. And that actually brings me really nicely to my next question. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
I think you summed up perfectly in an interview with The Guardian um, a fair few years ago now about how, what you attributed the success of Fortunately to. Uh, first of all, Jane, you said, I'm angry that I didn't obviously spot a gap in the market. We talk about serious things, but we also talk about utter shit. As you do with your female friends down the pub, the fact that no one spotted that that's what women wanted uh, because for years women had to put up with just men talking at them is almost a failure of radio. And then, Fee, you added... I don't think either of us would say we're role models, but we're working women who've managed to produce families in various shapes and sizes. There's nothing perfect about either of our lives, and that is perhaps what is so refreshing. So as you as you take what you've learned, I mean, there must have been massive lessons from those 250 episodes about how you can do the same job but differently. How do you carry on percolating a different kind of conversation so that you get the lady in the Antarctic mm. keeping keeping contact with you? And, and and what can our industry learn about their failure to talk to women? Well, I think I'd, I'd forgotten. We both said some really good things all those well years done. ago. Yeah, aren't we? <laughs> Retrospectively, that sounds like an excellent interview. I'll, revi I'll revisit it when <laughs> yeah, I get we home. We should refresh our memories. <laughs> um, I, I, you so really I, are both very good, I must remind you. <laughs> yeah, I'm really enjoying this morning. Um, so um, I listened to radio all the time as a kid, and I think Fee did yeah. as well. You know, we're massive anoraks. And it's a curious, that's a slightly male environment. It's a male word, anorak, radio anorak. But we are both of that tendency, really. And when I think about it now, um, it was insulting that radio, when I started listening to Radio 1 as a teenager, was exclusively white men talking at me. Yeah. And I just didn't question it. I just, and, and Woman's Hour, which I'm very fortunate to present and which in many ways is a, was a trailblazing taboo-busting, very important show, was also at times unforgivably rigid and quite pompous. Was um, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all You're breaking of, my heart. No, no, I'm talking about the way it was... You, I, I, the way you were expected to be was that you were a little bit sort of headmistressy. That was as the presenter. Yes. You the, were meant to be indignant a lot. Yes. Oh, yes, all of that. Clutching uh, your pearls. A lot of pearl clutching. <laughs> uh, my sister is my own top... My, We've both got sisters. My sister is my toughest critic. And she, I think we actually mentioned that in, in our in our uh, paperback book. Did I say that out loud? Um, my sister said... Available that, now on ebook and yeah, wherever it's you all get out your there, books. It's all out there. Seven ninety nine on Amazon. Uh, the perfect stocking filler. My sister said that <laughs> she could hardly bear to listen to me on Woman's Hour because she knew it didn't sound like me. Really? And she was right. It wasn't really me. But unfortunately, I sounded much more... Like, I mean, obviously, your sister is remorseless. And, the, you know, and... and <laughs> That's such a brilliant Well, word. you know, she, but she was right. Um, I was in this Radio 4 straitjacket, which you sort of have to... Or wraparound cardi that you have to put on to be a Radio 4 presenter. Yep. And I think so many women in broadcasting... When You know, if you join, and it's the same for any walk of life, isn't it? If you join a place where you're in the minority and women were in the minority for a very, very long time until very recently in mm. broadcasting. Uh, we're you... talking about our living memory, right? Yes, yes. Recent, absolutely. It's touching yeah. distance. Yes. And it's still not quite right yet. You know? So we're when people complain <laughs> about too many women, I go berserk. Yeah. But we would have yeah. had to adopt just a different, uh, you know, something different to ourselves. And, and I defy any young woman in particular to have gone into a newsroom and then gone out on air, 
you know, as the front foot of that organisation and being anything different to how it sounded before. You know, that mm. was really, really hard thing to do. Yeah, how do you become so the one Jane, that changes it? Yeah, Jane and I, mm. I think, joined a, you know, we, we went on air on, in radio stations. I think we were true to ourselves, actually, and so were lots of other, you know, fantastic uh, broadcasters of our generation. But what we heard above was women women having to ape a more male style, which mm -hmm. is to be very assertive, mm -hmm. to be incredibly slick, to know 27,000 facts more than you ever need to hold in your brain at any one moment, and to keep all of your personal life, your domestic life and your emotional life yeah. away from the microphone. Yeah. So that's how it was. And that's a very, very good way to be. That makes for an absolutely brilliant radio station. But it might not be what a woman or Clive wants to hear all the time. No. So I think it's taken a huge, mm. it's actually taken podcasting for this chat where we'll end up talking about what we want to talk about for radio to have changed. And you can hear it now back on air because podcasts have been so successful. Well, the irony is, is that the times have come and sought you out, obviously because you're an incredible journalist, but it's the success of the podcast. And they want to hear more of that on air. Yeah. So that's yeah. a full circle that has taken 30 years easily. So you've got to step to out of good. the genre to bring this level of conversation back in again. Yeah. Isn't and that nuts? That's because, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, though? we're talking in a completely normal way. Whereas if, you know, if you read one of your questions in a radio style, it would be, what are the four most important things that you believe to be important in terms of your radio style? Jane Garvey joins me now. You know, it's yeah, different, that's isn't it? it? Yeah, it's and not that's a not real. It's not a chance. But you think about how where radio sits in our, our lives, you are piped into people's homes, workspaces, ears more and more commonly these days, mm. cars. You're, it's such an intimate relationship, I think, that you have. And podcasting most definitely. Mm. But I don't think I've ever been encouraged to just chat on air. No, gosh, no, chat. Chat's dangerous. Chit-chat. Could go anywhere. Could go anywhere, Kate. And to be fair, um, neither Fee nor I really knew what podcasts were when we started our own podcast because we were pretty much told to do it. And it started off with us, we had quite a format, which Radio 4 had given us to talk about other Radio 4 programmes. And it was only when they got a little bit of feedback from listeners, the 17 listeners we'd managed to accrue at that point, <laughs> who said, we, we don't give a toss what radio programmes they're enjoying. We just like them rambling to each other. Yeah. That's something different. It's, it means pathetic, actually, that it seemed fresh yeah. to people just to hear two people talking to each other. We, we both realised as well that there might be something here that we could actually provide that wasn't already available as, as you know yeah. you've suggested but also the idea that um, uh, women talking is only something that other women would be interested in like that clive wouldn't like it i know that this podcast gets downloaded by people of every age and yeah. gender I, I mean it doesn't matter all all ears are welcome i think just in the past as well i mean i've done women's hour but it never leaves you doing that show no, we just value men talking regardless of what they're talking about we value it more highly than women talking why and I don't know why. Well, because of it's the old patriarchy, isn't it? Yes, but but I wonder how dated this will sound in maybe five years' time. Oh, really? I, I really hope that it does. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. And that's and my I, great I wish that, is that we sound like yeah. dinosaurs by then. So yeah. I hope everybody's kind of switching off going, well, that's irrelevant because we're absolutely covered in lady chat now. When, when you resigned, was there, a, was there an attempt to keep you? 
No, I don't uh, think either of us expected them to make any effort. No, and bigger and think, names than us have gone to the door marked exit and they haven't been stopped yeah, either. Yeah, no, I was just going to so, say exactly that. Mm. You know, there's a... It's not, you know, it's not a, an, a, a, a kind of open door of people exiting the BBC, but I think it's a very natural shakedown that reflects all of the other opportunities available in the audio mm. world. Ten years ago, there weren't very many other places to go to no. make really decent speech radio, and now there are, so that's only going to be a, a good thing. We've had a really... Both of us have had amazing careers at the BBC, but it's just felt like time to go. All of it, I mean, it's literally, it's like you've read this script, all of which takes me to my last question for you. Okay, my third and final question for you. As you pack up your boxes at the BBC and start to clear your desks, can I give you a metaphorical box to pack which would contain the biggest, the best and the most important times from your years in service at the BBC? Gosh, what a good question. You've That's definitely question. got to put the, the gender pay in the box first, haven't you? Not Well, I don't know. I've got funny feelings about that. I mean, I think... The good thing about us creating a fuss at the BBC was that it wasn't actually even about women at the BBC. It was about no. us at the BBC taking advantage of our platform, as Take you it. say, to bring the issue of women's pay to a much bigger audience. And it was just easier for us to generate publicity than for the women fighting for exactly the same cause at the council in Birmingham, yeah. uh, the council in Glasgow, the leading supermarkets. They, they'd been fighting for years but didn't get the headlines. And those stories were never going to get headlines. And they weren't. You had right. to put your head yeah. above the parapet. Yeah. And then people go, well, it's all right for you to say you earn loads of money. You got this, you got that. And you I then have to defend all of that. Yes, and you feel a bit of a fool. But I honestly thought at that point they cannot sack the presenter of Women's Hour for making it clear that she thought women and men should be paid equally because that's kind of what the BBC were, as it turned out, underpaying me to believe. Um, so, so that's so. this, this was the crux of the matter, is that you were being paid less than other male presenters on less successful... On equivalent shows or less successful, yes. Yeah. And then, you know, I've, I've been quite clear about this before, so there's no harm in saying it again. All of a sudden, I was worth 40 grand a year more. And I got a letter saying, well, you've had a pay... We've decided to give you a pay revision. <laughs> And I thought, a pay revision? Right, OK. And like that, overnight, um, Jenny wow. Murray and I both got that amount more. Now, that means that we were then earning a ridiculous amount of money for a job that we both thoroughly enjoyed doing. And when I say ridiculous, I mean not by the standards of the media. I'm talking, I think it was 100, and, I'm going to be totally honest, 121 grand a year. For a three-day week. For a three-day week. Pretty brilliant. Listen, that's brilliant money. I mean, I've come from a family where, you know, nobody would, in a living memory of it, it just absurd to earn that much money. Yeah. But we're talking about an industry where men are earning half a million, a million, and some of them work at the BBC. Absolutely, they and do. And so you can't compare yourself to the woman in Asda, but you want the woman in Asda to be paid as much as the bloke in Asda. Totally. For doing that. I mean, it's just preposterous. But I think also it's worth... It, it really is worth saying... Uh, I don't suppose I have to be incredibly circumspect about saying this anymore, actually, that... I think what the BBC still needs to address are the numerous pay claims that are stuck in the system yeah. from our 
colleagues and sisters. So it would be a dreadful, dreadful injustice if women like Jane had fought for parity and been given parity, but still further down the line, the women who don't yeah. have as much of a voice at the BBC have somehow been kind of gender paywashed by that decision for you. Yeah. And or we know... Bureaucracy yes, we know of, you know, of, of dozens, probably more, actually, sisters within the BBC who are grinding their way through tribunals. And it is grinding as well. Yeah, to try and, and, and get their pay sorted. So I hope that that changes. It's got, a, it's got a place in my box there. And I'm so glad that you've acknowledged that because you've both put your paws up and raised your voices for this. Um, well, because we could. Because you could. But brilliant. And, and not I everyone that, can. I hope that anybody that's in a position to do that will do that because it does help others. You don't see the woman in Asda that benefits from the long tail of these conversations, but you have to believe that it happens. Otherwise, yeah. gosh, we all yeah. give really up. So don't. can we just do one example? And then, because I don't think, and neither Jane or I, having said all of that, want to... Um, you know, become uh, BBC bashers. I also think that the world would be an enormously poorer place without the BBC oh, in it. Yeah. And countries around the world uh, look to the BBC for for news delivered in a way that they can trust, uh, which is just testament to the hundreds and hundreds of good decisions that yes. are made every day in the newsroom. But there's one very, very funny story just about the gender pay. Yeah. The day on Woman's Hour where you weren't allowed to interview yet. What, what was that? OK, so this was during the course of the big gender pay um, debacle and Carrie Gracie, who is the BBC's China correspondent, yes. uh, had taken... She had made very public that she was going to be going for parity with for example, the North America correspondent. And she had by... And there was a big discrepancy between what oh, they were huge, both paid. huge. Yeah. Uh, there was, and she had by fluke presented the Radio 4 Breakfast Show, the Today programme that day. And she wasn't allowed to talk. It was made public that day. It was a headline, I think, in The Guardian. I can't remember. It was The Telegraph. One of the two papers had been very much fighting our corner with us, which was great and slightly ironic in any number of ways. But anyway, <laughs> um, so Carrie wasn't allowed to talk about it on the Today programme, although her co-presenter that morning, John Humphreys, had had to refer to it when he went through the papers. I mean, the whole thing was so unbelievably ridiculous. Then it got to Woman's Hour, where I was told I could interview Carrie Gracie, who would talk to me on the BBC's feminist show about her campaign for equal pay at the BBC. So I thought, great, Carrie can come along into the studio, I'll talk to her. Then I was, they had another rethink. No, you can't speak to her because everyone knows you're on her side. So what we'll do is we'll get the Guardian's media correspondent to interview her. She'll be in a radio car. She was looking at a girls' school with one of her kids. So they had to send the BBC radio car to the car park of a girls' school somewhere in the home counties where the Guardian's media correspondent got into the radio car. She was also called Jane... And she, it, Carrie sat opposite me, Jane, in the studio, and the other Jane interviewed Carrie. From a I, car? From a radio car in the home county's school car park. Could that be more W1A? Um, Isn't that just... It's brilliant. So that's what I mean about just but, don't get yourself you, in a muddle. You tell stories, <laughs> you tell, yeah. you know, you be as truthful yeah. and as accurate and as honest as possible. Just live by those rules. You have to, but you can't be an organisation of... That, that is founded on great journalism. And then when you become the story, not not tell that story. You yeah. have to. If the BBC is well, the story, it needs to be addressed on the BBC, surely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and also I'd yes. say just at the moment, don't give don't give the detractors of the BBC any ammunition. Because no, they, they'll do something because, with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else would put would you put in your box? 
Oh, I think the fact that we were able to provide people with companionship during the pandemic, actually, mm. because those were, I think, as we move further away from it, and let's hope we don't have to go ever go back to it, it's becoming, when I think about it, a more frightening time than when it, I was actually living through it. Yeah. I don't know why that has been, but to think about the situation we found ourselves in, in the April of 2020, it's actually terrifying. Mm. And, and the impact on our kids' lives and older people, the isolation, the fear, just the, it was just such an odd time. Isn't it crazy as well that we don't talk about it more? No, you see, I think it's very understandable. I think it's a really, really human response to something traumatic. Yeah, but... That you just face away from it. Yeah. Head out really, yeah. really quickly. But I think in all of our collective old ages, if we're lucky enough to make them, that's when we'll look back and go, oh, you know, didn't that do something that strange to yeah. us? In the same way that I imagine after the First World War, after the Second World War... There was probably, well, I mean, it's borne out by history. Uh, there, there are huge creative surges after both of those wars yeah. where people just wanted to dance. They wanted to paint. They wanted to laugh. They wanted to go out again. Mm. They didn't want to go, you know, and sit in a room and dwell on the pain that they'd all been through. So I suppose that is our now. Yeah. And then further down the line, we'll realise just how strange it was. You know, we... We know how to catastrophize now, and that's not a terribly good thing to know how yeah. to no. do. And I think so much of the anger that um, was quite rightly channeled back at Number 10, for example, in the way that they completely and utterly disregarded their own rules. Yeah. I think people's anger is... I thought that was really healthy, actually, because we, we seem to have walked out of that situation without being angry about some of the stuff that was imposed mm. upon us. Um, I was, I'm one of those people who, by nature... I like to think of myself as a maverick, but actually I'm very much a rule follower. Same, and I was really uh, pissed off with myself uh, for that. I, I, I don't like that side of myself either. I'd much no. rather be interesting and a I bit thought of I was a, a bit more renegade than Yeah, that. I'm not a renegade as it Didn't turns out. I not the bloody rules at all. And then when I found mm. out they all had, I was furious with yeah, myself. It really makes me <laughs> right here in the yeah. pit of my stomach. So angry! Extraordinary times, wasn't it? Yeah. Just amazing that we don't reflect more upon it. We've literally gone like, la, 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 it didn't happen. Look over there. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think that's good for us, though. Yeah. But right now, I think people for people's own mental health and well-being, they just need to get back to life. What was the name of the home that you think you and I might end up in? The BBC Home for the Impartial and Infirm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we're not sure now whether we will get a place I in don't there. Think you but will. if we do, um, I think we're in the privatised wing. <laughs> See, me and my group of girlfriends, we're all going to collectively cash in on our, our, our kind of properties yes. when the time is right. We're going to buy one home. It's going to be called Picante Della Casa, named after our favourite cocktail. Yeah. And we are going to live old age like Jane Fonda. Can we come? Oh. Yes. I'd absolutely love that. I think I'd yeah. like that too. Yeah, yeah there's going to be much. a cocktail bar, gentle sports, nothing too sweaty. Bowls. Possibly. Croquet. I never understand bowls. It's a bending down sport just at the time in your life where you, you worry you can't, can't get back up. Exactly. It just seems crazy. Get your knees done. The only time you should be, be bending at that age is to pick up a diamond. Oh. <laughs> Good Lord. That's the spirit <laughs> quote. I'm thinking, That's the spirit. I'm thinking more some gentle swing ball. I think swing ball's going to make a comeback. Water aerobics. <laughs> um, mm. Before I let you go, I know that the radio show will be up and running 
as 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 this publishes the podcast that is going to replace fortunately when what is it well, well nothing's ever going to replace fortunately no. so the the plan is for we'll say our, our proper goodbyes and thank yous on fortunately uh, we would like it to, is that christmas well christmas ish yes, we christmas -ish. think christmas uh, and we would like it to be a nice ending actually if at all possible i loathe change in my audio habits so i'd still mourn the fact that sean keveney's gone from six music breakfast oh, and i was properly properly upset but lauren's been there for years for, no for it's three for, or four for, years now. yes no, <laughs> I move on, no i can't so i understand <laughs> that changing uh, people's audio habits is a big thing so we want to leave fortunately saying our thank yous and goodbyes uh, and then then the podcast that we're doing at Times Radio is a daily one that really is for people who haven't managed to catch the show. So it's the best of the show and a bit of a ramble from Beforehand. Jane yeah. and me. But it's Fantastic. not, fortunately. It's not. It's no. entirely different. So us looking literally in your knicker drawer which is how it feels as a listener, is the fact that we get to come into your life and go through every part of your thinking, your well, being. Well, we'll still lob in the occasional... <laughs> I mean, we're both narcissists, can't resist. So I think <laughs> there will be the occasional grope about really in the knicker drawer so. of our life. <laughs> <laughs> um, ladies, thank, thank you so much for coming in today. I, I can't wait to hear what you do serve up at The Times Radio. Monday to Thursday, three till five, a daily podcast dropping four days a week. And a chance for us to kind of enjoy a couple more months with you before you put a final that's full too stop, much of unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a lot of it. It seems like too much, to be honest. So you're very busy. I think that the three till five thing is good because it straddles the afternoon and the evening. It does. Also, like on a life level, yeah, you're not doing silly breakfast hours. Oh, you've still got time enough. to go out for dinner. Win-win. Yeah. Uh, we are allowed to enjoy living as well as we working. We are chuffed with the hours. They, they, on paper, they, they look pretty good. They Let's really see. do, don't yeah, they? they? really do. So yeah, doesn't so even, it doesn't even interfere with meals. Exactly. You know, I can have a good lunch. And there's a great canteen. These are the decisions that inform our career choices these <laughs> and, days. And why not? <laughs> yeah, that and is there a loo close to the studio? Not yeah. sure about that hey, yet. Hey, listen, talking about living memory. Yeah. Did you know that Radio 2, in our living memory didn't have a women's toilet until Gloria oh, Hunniford I can well started working there as cover back in the 80s. That's unbelievable. Isn't it? Every time I have a wee at Radio 2, I thank Gloria. That's well, a lovely thought, Kate. <laughs> oh, have you shared that with her? I have. She looked perplexed. <laughs> lovely lady. I'm sure, she, I'm sure she dealt with it in a very charming way. There was also, there was a jingle when Jackie Brambles was the only woman on Radio 1 until you got to the evening and Janice Long was there. There was a, a trail that went, don't worry, she'll be leaving soon to have babies. Can you believe that in our lifetime? In, there said, was a trail played on air that yeah, said that. And it was voiced up by a man. In a kind of ha ha ha, don't worry, she'll be leaving soon to have babies. <gasps> Things have got better. <laughs> well, the first host of Woman's Hour was a bloody man was called Alan. Man. That's right, a man called Alan. It's Alan Ivermy, I think his name was. He'd been in the RAF, and the BBC thought that's what the ladies would like a little bit of male companionship. Yeah, Emma Barnett on this sofa explained that uh, the reason for his casting was that. Um, women would need to listen to somebody that they thought they might have a chance at marrying. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, any woman could have had a go at marrying me if they'd fancied it, but I'd need, I, did, I didn't get any offers. Still time. But also, yeah. I often turn on the radio and I think, if this man can't land a plane, I'm not staying with I'm him. I'm not listening. <laughs> he can talk up to the vocal, but can he land a plane? I'm not putting that between my ears. <laughs> or anywhere else. Thank you very Stop much, it. Kate. <laughs>
Uh, and don't forget, uh, as well as listening to the to the girls, three to five uh, every Monday to Thursday on Times Radio, you can also enjoy their really well thought out essays in Did I Say That Out Loud? Available now for seven ninety nine, as Jane has on eloquently Amazon. pointed out <laughs> on Amazon. But all independent bookstores, I'm sure, oh, will carry it too. Slightly pricier. It depends how much good you want to do the planet. Yeah. I mean, listen, just chuck in an extra couple of quid. It's for the economy, and Christ knows we need it. Now, if you fancy more conversations with other brilliant professional chatterboxes, then dive into our back catalogue where you'll find episodes with Richard and Judy, Simon Mayo, Scott Mills, Emma Barnett, Anita Rani, Sheila Fogarty, Eamon Holmes, Ruth Langsford, Fern Britton, Jordan North, and so many more. My thanks to you, as always, for your company, to Maria Nibs and the Yahoo Studios team who produced the show with me. Editing is by Eleanor Humphrey, and our music comes courtesy of Andy Bell. We'll see you next Friday. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.